This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris morning america it's monday we're back at it how's it feel to wake up to a country that's being flushed down the toilet by a liberal cause that's neither liberating or a cause there's four things that i want to talk about this week we're going to go down to a four-day schedule here i think that's going to be the norm going forward but let me just stay on point here a second why would I open up with such a, a negative remark? I don't know. You look at what's going on with our border, the budget, the elections, and it's clear that the country is being destroyed one fine minute at a time, and we all just sit back and watch it, shaking our heads, saying, what the heck is going on? Liberal democracy. Is it liberating? Is it democratic? I'm not seeing any of that. I ask the same questions over and over again. Do good people do this? Do good people leave the doors to the stockroom open that, that the, the, the fox come in and, and eat all the hens that the, the family has nothing to eat? Do good people do that? Do good responsible people do things like that? Does a good husband go out and run up endless debts on the family credit card and then there's no money to pay the bills or take care of the basic needs for the family? Do good people do that? How about when it comes to the vote, this sacred democracy that they speak of, when the elections have become so polluted that nobody trusts the outcome? Here in Pennsylvania, the governor's even set up a special task force to deal with the issue. So don't tell me I'm wrong about that, and don't tell me it's a conspiracy theory. And the last thing I want to bring you to in all this, and the only thing that matters in this conversation is, you're not safe anymore. Your own government is turning against us. The border's wide open. They're letting us be ransacked daily, spending away all of our money, wealth, and savings as we speak, and polluting our elections. How can you possibly be safe in that environment? Your businesses, your children, and your person are no longer safe in this country, and everybody sees it. Everybody sees it. Now, why would I open with such negativity when normally I'm a positive person? Well... For a couple of reasons. Number one, people need to know the doggone truth. How are you going to sit back? You know, if if you're the the spouse and and your other spouse has a a gambling problem and they're running up debts on the credit card and and, and spend money, do you just sit back and, well, you know, they're they're remortgaging the house, selling off the kid, you know, whatever. You just sit back, oh, it's not good. Or do you do something? Do you intervene? What does a good Christian do? Oh, oh, ho, 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 ho. That's going to get me shadow banned, that little comment. Yeah. What does a good Christian do? Well, we can learn from Jesus in this, the parable of the woman at the well. What did Jesus do in the face of injustice? He intervened because he wasn't going to be complicit in the evil that was going on right in front of him. Don't tell me that we're so pacifist that we're just going to run back to the tents and pray about all this and hope for the best. When is somebody going to wake up and do something? And what is that something? I am not advocating for violence. I want to be very, very clear, and I've spoken in depth about it. 
foolish, foolish move. If you think you're going to think like George Washington, my suggestion to you is study Gandhi. You're going to open up a can of worms, and and it and that can is going to get stepped on and, and squashed in a nanosecond. That's the current environment right now. Why would you want to do that? Why would we want to destroy our own country? There's so much I could talk about, just beginning with the border. But that's why I said, why, do I, why would I want to open up with such negativity? I say this. I was, somebody, uh, something came across my, you know, I get a ton of stuff sent to me. I can't thank everybody for all the emails. This podcast, uh, through total divine intervention, has has been taken off for some reason. Uh, It's fantastic. And by the way, I have big plans. We're going to be changing the website, and I've got a couple of cool things going on. It's going to take a little bit of time. This isn't stuff that's going to happen overnight. And as you know, I've been very busy with the Project Chaos radio show. Let me take a little break here for a second from the from the government and politics and tell you. I, the Project Chaos radio show, you, you got to understand something from my perspective. I'll just say it like this. It's where I belong uh, with the veterans. And no offense to anybody, uh, and I love many. I do. My, my brother, Michael, who goes to the radio station with me. Um, but I, I, I like to be around vet- Well, I put it this way. I love to be around veterans and, and people who... who um, you know, think and support veterans. I went out, uh, let me just tell you this story. It's a remarkable story. It'll warm your heart in the, in the face of everything going on. And that's the other thing that I love about doing this Project Chaos radio show. Like it's, the, it's, it's, it's inspiring. I don't want to call it positive because, you know, it's like I always say about having a, a, the right attitude. Uh, if, if you ever uh, downloaded my audio, I don't think I have it up there anymore, Uncommon Advice for an Extraordinary Life. And uh, always do the best you can. Always do what's right. Don't avoid temptation. I mean, these are the very basic, basic things to, to, to follow. And uh, anyway, anyway, let me get back to the to, to the story. So, uh, Project Chaos, very inspirational. That's my point. I think it's needed very much right now. And uh, I finished the book, get ready to publish the book, and uh, my life gets upended. And I mean, things have been chaotic as all bananas. I mean, launching a radio show and, and basically a business around it. I got to tell you, this is no easy, easy task. A new book, my fourth book coming out, and uh, all, all these different things. So, of course, in, in, on the list of that, you want to get out and do a book tour, right? You got to get out and promote this thing. And, um, for me, personally, it's scary to do that. It's hard to do that. It's a lot of work to set up an event, and you're nervous. People are going to show up when they do. Am I going to be sick? Am I going to do a good job? Is it going to go well? But It's nerve-wracking. Well, I've got a little experience with it now. I'm very excited to get into it. And what I realized is that as much as I enjoy being around the microphone, being behind a microphone, believe me, I do, being out in person, interacting with people is even more incredible. It really is. In, you know, doses. <laughs> anyway, book tour. We want to get out there. So as fate would have it, uh, my relationship with my youngest brother, Neil, he uh, we just had been a little disconnected for a little while. And he got wind of the, the book, I believe, or the radio show from my father, I believe, to, mentioned it to him. I hadn't spoken to him. And he reached out to me and he said, hey, I, my band plays up at the uh, Red Hill VFW here in Red Hill, Pennsylvania. I know it well. It's about, uh, it's about an hour from where I live, depending on the traffic. Anyway, I spent some time up there back in the day. I got some people up there. 
and um, is a golf course up there. Used to used to hang out up there once in a while. Even my daughter uh, been up there for breakfast. And in fact, maybe we'll make a trip back up there and, and do that. Good people up there. Red Hill, Pennsylvania. My aunt lived up there for a little while. And he says, hey, the Red Hill VFW, you know, I, I got a connection with this guy, Tom, out there that runs the place. And um, you know, I think they might be interested in having you as a guest. It's all by text, by the way. I'm like, busy. book cover. You heard me telling all the stories, right? I said, go, set it up. When do we want to do it? I'm looking at the dates. March 30th, we set on, set the date you heard me talking about. We've been doing promo videos, and it's just been kabonkers. Call it kabonkers. It's great. It's incredible. So it's part of, and I got all this promotional material now. We've got cards, magnets. The books are in, bookmarks, <laughs> all, all this cool stuff, right? P38s, I'm giving out the veterans. Some of you know what those are. So everything's in. So I make a recon run. Friday night up to the Red Hill VFW. And I was supposed to meet my brother up there. And I don't really know what I'm walking. I didn't know if they were open. I know this guy was, you know, come and gone, whatever his case might be. Hadn't been up by there in years. Never stepped foot in the VFW before in my life, before Friday night. Anyway, I go in there, and uh, my brother couldn't make it. I had to stay with his child. He lives around the corner. I went and saw him for a minute and dropped off the stuff I had for him. Spent a minute with him. And then I went down to the VFW. And I'm such a rimrod. I go up there. There's a keypad on the door. I'm texting my brother. How do I get in? Ring the doorbell. Oh, (laughs) that thing. The guy come, this guy, Tom, comes. I said, you have to forgive me, man. I'm a Marine. Sometimes we have a little trouble with these basic functions. (laughs) So he's an Air Force guy, right? And uh, my son's in the Air Force, you know? So we got to talk. And I'm giving out P-38s. And I don't want to take up the whole show with it, this, because you can go listen on projectchaos.org. There's a lot of great work up there, man. I just interviewed James Bradley. It's posted right now. James Bradley, listen to this a second. You want to hear what kind of stuff, there, I don't think I mentioned this. If I did, forgive me, but it's worth repeating anyway. You go to projectchaos.org. There is an hour-long interview with James Bradley, who was the author of Flags of Our Fathers, the book, which later became a film. Many of you will have heard of that. It's iconic to say the least, and I hate to use that word. I wish you could because he didn't seem to like that word. I love talking. you got to go listen to that interview. It's, uh, it belongs in the Smithsonian. I mean, what we just laid down there is history. History. Incredible stuff. That podcast is blowing up. Now, we're doing something interesting here with the guests. You go listen to that. You're listening to mostly him talk and not me talk. It's almost like the James Bradley show. I set it up that way on purpose. Why? Because that guy's got got cred. And I'll just use it. I'm going to bring on my Marine brother or some general and I'm going to cut him off. Ain't going to happen on my watch, brother. That's not how we roll. I bring him on the podcast, as much time as you want, brother. You want three hours? I'm going to break it into three segments, but I'll give you I'll give you 10. I don't care. You got stories to talk. Now, on the radio, it's a different story. That's my show. <laughs> Those minutes are valuable, and I guard them a little bit. I guard them a little bit. And so with the guests, we keep it a little short. So what we're doing with the James, James out in... Vietnam, I would have had him call in for a couple of highlights. But in his case, we put together a little clip that we're going to play. So we can get both 
the Monday show. It'll be a little bit before the Monday show is posted. You won't hear that right away. But that interview with James Bradley is up there at projectchaos.org. You can go check it out. Anyway, I go up to the VFW. have a good time. I'll just, I'm going to wrap this up with this. Our country desperately needs to hear what the veterans have to say. And I believe I can help with that. We'll see. God willing. I'm not going to say any more about it. But God willing, we're doing good things. That's what I want to tell you. And it's just amazing. It's amazing for me. It's so in, in, in the face of everything going on in this country, I just want to let you know, there's still good people out there. A lot of them, actually. And good kids, good young people. Don't give up. We can't give up. We can't give up with everything going on. Just the opposite. We have to push back. I don't want to use the word fight because it, mis- it gets misconstrued. We have to push back. And, and there's lots of ways to fight, okay, without violence, all right? And I'm not, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a pacifist. You heard me say that. I'm not. If you attack me, more than likely there's going to be a strike back, okay? More than likely. I don't know. Depends on the circumstances, I guess. I'm not a pacifist, but I don't advocate for violence either. And if you've ever seen it, you know that it's something to be avoided at all costs. So with that, let me just mention a couple of these stories. I know you know what's going on at the border. You have a, a wide open border with people just coming in in mass. Um, this there's so many accounts here. Uh, Biden and Trump make dueling visits to the border, and this is how the the news reports this, showing Trump at the border with Biden as if. As if Trump just went there for the first time. Trump's been talking about the border. Now Biden's going to go. Let me, let me just say this. I don't even want to go through these stupid stories. USF professor. Let's just say this. Is, is this text here? No. It's a video only. I thought so. I'm not going to play that video for you. USF professor. University of South Florida professor weighs in on migrant crisis. I wanted, I wanted to hear what he had to say. But, um, I mean, look. I, I do you go to bed with your doors unlocked at night? Do you even leave your car unlocked? How is it that you live in San Francisco and with the car doors locked, they're breaking into the cars? Nobody's leaving the car unlocked in San Francisco. Maybe you do just so they don't break in. They don't break the windows. At least you're like, here, take the spare change, but just don't break the doggone window in the process. Who does that? How do you explain this rationale? And then if that's not enough, they so polluted our universities that you got uh, professors and young people, well, you know, uh, this concept of borders needs to be reimagined and rethought. Oh, really? Why, why, why don't we do a little test then? Why don't we do a little test? All these people that are pro-open borders, why don't we just send them down to the border for a couple of weeks with no locks on the doors with their children and just leave them hanging out there. Just, just come and go. You want to come in and go? Whatever you want to do. Why don't we do that with everything? Why are the Amazon warehouses under lock and key with cameras and security guards? But the border, bah, you know, I don't know. It's, it's going to be up to us to provide our own security. That's what it's boiling down to. And then they're going to make it harder and harder for you. You understand the, the problems? Then they say, well, they're, just, they're buying the election. They're buying voters. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. There's a, a mass dysphoria going on 
this experiment of commingling races and not a natural evolution of that is being forced on people. And it's heinous. I would say to you that it's likely to result in conflict. And as evidence to you, I offer the social media experiment. How great was social media when there were borders, when there were barriers, when you were connected to friends and family, not every creep around the world? I'm on Twitter. Remember Twitter when when Elon bought Twitter and the whole lawsuit and he's saying, you know, half the users are bots, boop, 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 boop. It's true. And then he, he got rid of them. And you could see, I mean, you could see the bots from a mile away. They never had a, a real face. And they're only going to get more sophisticated, by the way, as a, the AI gets involved. But anyway, on Twitter, I have quite a following at this point. I say quite a following. I don't know, maybe a couple of those. I don't even know what the count is. All women. I had no idea that I was so attractive. And that's strange. I don't even have a verified account. I don't post. I just use it to scan for news occasionally. I went in there the other day. Look at this. All these women. I, wow. <laughs> you think maybe they're bots? Maybe they're scamming? No. What would make you think that? So, you know, this is what happens when the doors are unlocked, when the border's not secure. Oh, what are you saying, Chris? Suddenly a bunch of women show up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the wolves come in, and we're not safe as a result of it. Women, children, elderly would be the first, all highly targeted. You know, whatever they, they when they come in, they have no, no claim, no ties, no allegiance, no principles. These are gypsies that are running across the border. That's the term for it. And you want to say, oh, no, poor, they're poor immigrants. No, they're gypsies. Why aren't they down there rebuilding their own damn country? They're running up here to destroy ours. Why is anybody, oh, they're coming for work. What work? Show me any evidence of it, I'll digress and immediately and apologize. Show me one example of some mass labor project. Show me how the, the migrants in, in, hold up in New York all band together and said, you know what, we're going to do something great for the American people as a thank you. We're going to go around and clean up this city. We're going to pick up every piece of trash. Thank you for welcoming us. Thank you for feeding us. And we can, the least we could do is go around and clean up the area for you. Wouldn't that be something? What would you say to that? I would completely change my mind about the whole thing. But just like I've spoken about Black Lives Matter never helping one single person, let alone a black person, and you'll never see that because these are not migrants. They're gypsies. This is another Bolshevik revolution. And people ought to read back at history and see what the hell's going on. Oh, it's an invasion. No, it's, it's far more sinister. And you want to take a little trip back in history. People don't want to talk about it. But you know what I think it's time for? Something that people haven't heard in quite a while. It's something called the cold hard truth. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time. And the cold hard truth is that we're being completely decimated from the inside out. When's it going to end? How many are they going to let in? How many problems? When, when does a problem develop? They say, whoo. Our brother Dan out in Chicago, he sent me a story. I don't know if it's him or a buddy of his. They come rolling up on their industrial building. This is an industrial complex. Two brown-skinned people sitting on the side of the building. What if they were white? I don't care who they are. This is funny to me. So he's telling the story, and they call the police, and you know, I guess they, I don't know what anything really came of it. And let me tell you guys something. 
I told you I don't advocate for violence. I'm also not a pacifist. And I'm going to tell you something. You did not do well negotiating from a position of weakness. I, if somebody's on my property, you better hope that you don't get my boot in your face. I'm not playing. You're on my property without my permission. you got a damn problem. I want that to be well known right now. And I keep telling you as far as security is concerned, I keep saying it with businesses. I'm not preaching to you here, Dan, but this is important for people to hear. How is it that you got people on the side of your building you're not even aware of it? Where's the cameras? In this day and age, for $200, you could have the cameras. For $5 a month, you could have the, I don't want to sort of, it's $10 a month to keep your building. Just get the cameras on. Get the alarms on. You could have a voice, or you could sit there and talk to them through the cameras. You got five seconds to get out. If I get there and you're still there, you're going to be dead. Move. Yeah. My first one, you want to die? Huh? I had a guy, I told this story before. I'm not going to give you every detail. You're going to have to put a couple feet, you know, bridge the gap a little bit. I come pulling up. I see this young guy, looked like my son. Big dude, not huge, but, you know, physical, formidable. 6'2", 6'3", maybe, 200 and some pounds. He's on a Segway. He's got a black hoodie on. White dude, blonde hair, in case it matters to you. Wearing a, and with a black backpack on. <laughs> White, brown, green. Bro, I don't care. You're on that Segway with that backpack on. He's holding this iPad like he's doing a survey. Like, oh, he must be doing a survey. Yes, yeah, survey of what? Who has alarms? Who's home? Who has windows that are unlocked? How do I know what he's serving? I never saw this guy. He's sitting down the end of the wall. So I pull up, I go look, and he's way down the bottom corner of my property. I see, eh, I was going to get out and take care of it. I said, nah, I'm just gonna, he's going to be moving on soon. Got other, other things to worry about. Threat level low. I go in the house. As soon as I walk in, my wife says, did you see that guy? Yeah, why? He knocked on the door. Boom, turned right around, right back outside. Slipped a little something in my pocket. I'll let you figure that out. Now, what do I do? Did I, I walk down the sidewalk. Here's what I did. I want you to picture this, right? Me at 6'5", 250 pounds with something in my pocket, and here's this kid. I go walking up. Excuse me, sir. Can I help you? Um, this. I want you to know this is private property. Mm-mm. <laughs> ain't how I... Excuse me, sir. If you don't leave, I'm going to call the police. Mm-mm. No. First of all, he never saw my face. That's what I want to tell you. He's got a hoodie. I got a hoodie. Mine's pulled up. His wasn't. All right? He's sitting there. I come up behind him. Element of surprise. What the F are you doing on my property? Nothing, sir. Then you better get moving. Gone. Just like that. Didn't even look back. Yeah, put that in your survey survey there, homeboy, and make sure you put a red dot next to it. <clears throat> this one doesn't go easy. I don't yeah, this one's not gonna be an easy target. That's the message for you. Dogs in the background. <laughs> the dogs are funny, you know. If you know anything about dogs, dogs in themselves, unless you have specifically trained dogs, <laughs> you know, it's kind of hit or miss. But the thing with the dogs is a couple, a couple fold. Uh, if you come on a property, it's it's the combined. You know, I wouldn't rely solely on dogs for security is what I'm getting at. 
unless you have specifically trained dogs, you know, like Glenn Beck, or whatever, I think he has these, you know, military trained shepherds and stuff like that. But the other problem is, you know, you're going to have a, a shepherd like that, like a military working dog shepherd. You got to um, also be a little careful with them around families and, and guests and stuff like that because they're dangerous. They're a weapon. They really are. Anyway, the security of it, and listen, I'm telling you right now, and part of the reason why I bring that up with the approach, it's not like I said, I'm not trying to be Mr. Tough Guy. You're going to handle things differently. You're going to do whatever you want to do. You want to be nice about it? That's your business. I'm not being, if somebody's on my property without my permission, I'm not being nice about nothing. You want to die today? Oh, what do you mean? You're threatening me? I asked you a question. Do you want to die? You're on my property without my permission. You look like you want to die. Are you having a medical emergency? You look like you need a tracheotomy. Can you breathe okay? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm kidding around. I'm having a little fun. But <laughs> I'm a Marine veteran. You got to understand. This is how we think. You know, what's uh, General Mattis say? Have a plan to kill everybody you meet. It's just the way we think. I don't know if every one of us does, but we do. I remember I was at this, at this banquet dinner and this thought popped in my head. You know, because I'm, I'm immediately scared. Any kind of crowds. I'm I'm a freak. I'm hyper alert. What do you want me to tell you? I walk into a banquet. I'm so, I was I'm there with Mike General Mike Flynn. This is a true story. He's got this security dude. I pegged him as an Israeli dude. I don't know. Talk about you know superficial. Uh, you know I don't know because <laughs> he looked Israeli. I, he had the um, just the swagger of an Israeli army dude. And I, I don't have a lot of experience with those guys, but that's what he struck me as. And they're 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 tough cats. It's not, you know, somebody you want to mess with. And I knew that. And this dude puts a bead right on me. And I'm like, heck, see you too, bro. <laughs> but uh, I'm scanning the room and I'm thinking to myself, I could take that guy. I might have to, I might have to angle. <laughs> I, see, this is where, if you, you got to understand something. You need to be aware of your fighting ability and then adjust your distance accordingly as best you can. You see what I'm saying? That's why the young guy out front, I'm going to walk up and think, excuse me. I mean, once I'm within two arms lengths of this guy, I'm dead. Think about it. I'm not kidding. When I tell you this, I'm, I'm sharing some helpful information with you about security and tactics. And if it's not for you, then stay in the house and call the police from there. Excuse me. Can I help you? Boom. Dead. Gone. Doesn't even take a, a, a weapon. Some, you know, I'm 53 years old, man. Some six foot two, 20 something year old gets on me and starts pounding on my head. It's going to be a problem. You got to think. So what do you, how do you compensate? I'm old. I'm slow. I got to get a little distance in there. I got to, I got to operate a little smarter. And the good news is I don't have to work so hard. He's going to be all out of breath. And he was the one who was scared, not me. I wasn't scared one bit. Anyway border. Dueling visits to the border. U.S. to to suspend rail operations to the southern border due to the migrant problem. Yeah, why? I mean, we're going to pipe them around the country. Why do it efficiently? We're going to fly them everywhere. (laughs) This is, like, I I don't know what more the government could do. Here's another big point I wanted to make. So, uh, Lawrence O'Donnell, as long as Biden is president, Trump says don't secure the border. Uh, here's another. My wife, Doreen, and I recently returned on a trip to the southern border. I don't know who that is. Uh, Biden's been there. Who's, where's this other one? Thirteen governors visit the southern border. Why don't, why don't, why doesn't the entire government just go down there so they can all see it? It's not enough that we were getting screwed over that they created this problem, this self-created problem. 
Uh, I think it was Dan as well sent me the article that the UN is pushing these people in here. The UN, the Catholic Church, it's, it's American tax dollars. We're doing it to ourselves. Who do we think we're kidding? It's our own government turned against us. You think I'm kidding when I say that? I don't want to get into all the politics and all the stupid stories. Look at how they're taking Trump's property. Our own government. They just sued a, a cattle producer. Did you hear this story? Fox News put it out. Attorney General in New York, same one going after Trump. Oh, trailblazers in the progressive movement. They're going to start a civil war, man. I don't know, the cattle producer in another state or whatever, maybe they're New York-based. I don't know what's going on with all that. We'll get the details. But they're suing them over the, the climate nonsense, methane emissions. Wow. This was a new door that was opened and suing these companies. This was the new way to squeeze out capitalism. Every business now, you have to be worried. You're going to be tied up in some. If you have employees, you've got huge problems, huge exposure, huge liability. The business environment has turned very, very ugly. Money is no longer valuable. People no longer trust each other. The systems are institutions that were once revered are no longer trusted at all. We've taken all uh, matter uh, 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 of value and pissed it all away. On what? Look at the country. We don't even have anything to show for it. You know, at least if we had a big, beautiful wall or even a great military, we'd have something to show for it. Great roads, dams, and bridges. We have none of that. None of that. Remember the infrastructure bill? Where's the infrastructure? Where's the beef? Does anybody remember that commercial back from the 80s, that little old lady? We need to bring her back. Where's the beef? She went to, she went to one of the, the uh, Wendy's, right? She was the Wendy's commercial. That's how Wendy's became big. And, and that was the whole point. Where's the beef? Where is the beef? All these politicians going down to the border, they all see the problem. They all go, ooh, big problems. Even Biden and Trump agree on that. But nobody's doing a doggone thing about it. I might leave you with the question I started with. Do good people do that? I don't think so. Tomorrow I want to talk about the budget chaos. Then we're going to go to the election chaos. And on Thursday I'm going to tell you why you're not safe. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. Sure hope to see you there. Make it a great day.